Hello everyone, Simon Jacobson here, and we're going to be speaking about bucket list ideas. It is a, an outgrowth of a request coming into us. We talk about many topics, I speak and discuss many things over the years, and sometimes it's important to step back and just prioritize and say if I had a list of the top most important priorities in my life that I'd like to accomplish in my life, what would they be? So we talk about this every week, life skills and different ideas. So I decided that this is an appropriate week to do so, which I'll explain in a moment. But first, let me begin with the dedication of this week. This, this uh, class, this program is dedicated in loving memory of Judith Bassin, daughter of Cornell Joel Grossman, a beloved mother, grandmother, and a dedicated teacher who will be sorely missed. So the words we share here are in the merit of this person and family, and, uh, and may they only experience good news and growth from strength to strength. So, this Shabbat, this weekend, this Saturday, will be the third day of Tammuz, the 25th anniversary of the passing of my great mentor and teacher and master, the Rebbe, Lubavitcher Rebbe, the master and mentor of many people, so in tribute to this special day, which is also a sad day, but a very powerful day, because in a way it motivates me to do everything I do. So there are times in the year where you have to step back and make an accounting, like an audit, a soul-searching introspection. I thought therefore appropriate to talk about exactly this thing. So if you had to make a list of the top five most important priorities that you would like to accomplish in your life, what would they be? The truth is, if I, my way, I wouldn't have necessarily titled this class Bucket List. I looked up what Bucket List is. It's a, essentially a slang word for before you kick the bucket, before you die, what do you want to accomplish? Which is really against the spirit of this entire um, approach of and this class and everything I've learned. But so be it. That's a word used, so we're using it. But many people would come up with different items. And like, for example, I would want to find love in my life. I would want to make a mark in the universe in some way. People have that. I would like to visit certain places, meet certain celebrities. Everyone has their list. I'm going to take a slightly different approach, as you all know, and I talk about this very often, and the approach is based on not a symptomatic one, what are the five things I or anyone should want to do or priorities should be their top priorities, but rather going even further back on the root level. What are five principles that should be driving someone's life? And out of that should emerge the list of items that we prioritize. Because why are we prioritizing these things? They may strike our fancy, they may be short-term, they may be instant gratification. That's the approach I'm going to take. And my objective here is not just to talk about myself, but really tools and principles, foundational principles that I learned from my master, who in turn learned from his master, but he conveyed it in a language that spoke to me and to thousands of others, and transform my life. And I have no doubt that it will transform your life as well. So let's talk about these foundational principles. And you'll see, once you look at them, how they can recalibrate and completely redirect how we look at life and how we look at issues and challenges we face and how we solve them and how we prioritize. The ultimate goal is to create a cohesive plan that your life shouldn't just be a group of fragmented details 
but rather a cohesive direction toward focus to living up to what? To, our high, to your and my higher calling, our mission in this world. So these five principles, we'll just give it an acronym, MIPOD, M-I-P-O-D. So they are, they represent mission, that's M, I, initiative, P, persistence and passion, you can say, O, opportunities, and D, destination, destiny or destination. And let's talk about all these five, and we shall see how all of us, or most of us at least, because we're not trained to think from the big picture to the small picture, and we focus on, we're usually in survival mode, dealing with issues and circumstances, and how they affect us, here will be five ways that you can completely change how, that, how, that, how you live your life. Same life, but completely different, and of course it will be a different life as well, with different focus and priorities and what should matter and what shouldn't matter, and how important, how, how you should not be impacted by petty things and superficial and momentary fleeting experiences. So let's begin with mission. There's no business that can function without a mission statement. So my question I always ask is, how can you? How can I function without a mission statement? And what is your mission? So the first thing that identifying that I remember hearing so many times became part of my personality to the point I don't know what I would be like without it, that we are here on a mission. You didn't just fall into this world by accident. It's not just a product of your parents, your life, or a product of circumstances and circumstantial events, but you are on a mission, sent on a mission, on a particular mission unique to you. And you and only you can accomplish this mission. That alone is a transformative way of looking at things. Because then everything you do, every detail, whether it's your job, whether it's your home, whether it's your personal life, whether it's your recreational life, whatever it is that you do, then comes under the rubric of that mission. Like a good company has a mission statement, everything is to fulfill that larger mission. So number one is mission-driven life. Instead of one of reacting to what comes your way, you are defining that mission, which leads me to point number two, initiative. You take the initiative like a leader. Many of us are reactive, not proactive. Taking initiative, not waiting till something happens, not standing on the sideline and waiting for something to happen or someone else will do it, but taking the initiative and leading the way. Number three, I said persistence or passion, the idea of not giving up. When something is good, you persist, you continue to do so. And sometimes you see results immediately, sometimes it takes time. Number three is, number four rather, is opportunity. That whatever you do in life, you recognize is an opportunity Whatever you do in life, you recognize as an opportunity. In other words, even if it's a challenge or a setback, it's an opportunity for growth, an opportunity for spiritual growth, and for new, new uh, horizons that you would never have been able to achieve if you didn't have that element of opportunity. And finally, that all of this is directed toward a destination. A destination, just as the first one is mission, it's mission-driven, this is the fulfillment of the mission. So everything is directed toward a destination. So you can say the bookmarks are mission and destination, and in between is initiative, persistence, and opportunities. 
And now let's go into a little more specific. So what is a mission-driven life? A mission-driven life means when you wake up, you don't just see what's going to happen, who's going to call me, what, what, what are the demands in the workplace. You have an overarching mission. I'll take myself as an example. I was a young man. I could say a rebel without a cause. Did not really know where I want to go with my life. I had a lot of energy. Wanted to accomplish something in my life. Wanted to make a mark. But frankly, I didn't get much direction. Mostly it was mediocrity that I saw and definitely not inspiration. But then I remember the Rebbe speaking once at a talk where he delivered, talked about the rebellion in young people. It became the basis of my chapter, Youth, in Toward a Meaningful Life. Which, by the way, maybe not by the way, that book actually captures a lot of these ideas in many more chapters and many more details in Toward a Meaningful Life. So what inspired me was the words of the Rebbe that said that a young person, people think the energy in young people that, wants, that rebels against the status quo, that refuses to conform, that doesn't want to accept rules and guidelines, is coming from a negative place. In truth, it's not the negative place. It's coming from the fire in the belly, a fire in the soul, that wants to transform the world and is frustrated and doesn't know how. So adults who are seasoned would do well not to get in the way, on the contrary, to help direct and harness that energy toward a spiritual revolution. That was the gist of it. That ignited something in me, and I began to think about that. Yes, that's exactly what I want. I want to be able to do something that I consider change. Was it an ego trip? Actually, it wasn't ego at the time. Maybe later it becomes more egoistic as you get older. It was really ideologically driven and feeling that that you make a difference, some significance to your life. You know, in a long story short, I discovered that my skills in communication, in writing, in teaching, that became my uh, outlet. And I realized I was given those skills for a reason. There's my mission. My mission is to use my communication skills, my writing and speaking and other ways of communication, to help people find their mission, to help people clear away obstacles, impediments, psychological fears and insecurities that don't allow us to discover who we really are. And that's been my driving mission since I'm 17, 18 years old. That's a mission-driven life. Does that mean we don't have distractions, that we don't make mistakes? Obviously we do. But it's a mission that's never changed. All it's changed is outlets, the ways I do it. In 1980, I used a typewriter. In 1984, I was using a word processor. Today, we use social media. We use internet. We use the web. All that didn't exist when I began doing this. Those are different tools, and they maybe amplify it, make it easier, reach more people, quicker, cheaper. But they have their own challenges as well. So the mission never changes. The way you implement the mission changes. So I say the same to each one of you. Find in, within you what are you good at? What are your skills? What skills have not been actualized? How are you using them? Are you using them in some way for a cause greater than yourself? That's called mission-driven life. How would, I have, would I have come up with this myself? I don't know. Not necessarily in the world in which we live where we're not trained to think that way. We're trained make a lot of money. Use your skills to make money. But the Rebbe ignited that in me. Because that was the single most important thing. You're here for a reason. Use it well. You were created with an indispensable mission that only you, you and only you can accomplish. So I say to each one of you, find that. We've actually just developed a new webinar called Midlife Miracle, Discovering Your Personal Mission. It's really for everybody. 
It focuses on midlife challenges, but discovering your personal mission. And you can find it online. Go to MeaningfulLife.com. Many people are raving about it, to be honest, and thank you for their compliments. I thank them. And I really did it in a humble offering to try to capture the formula in a really six-step webinar with an entire workbook. There is a cost involved, as you'll see it online, but I believe it's well worth it because it can take your life, the life you have, reorganize it, redirect it, and most importantly, create a mission-driven life instead of a reactive-driven life, which is based on events happening around you and to you, a mission-driven life. And there it goes through a whole process of how one reaches that place with exercises, including different ways of understanding yourself, like a personality test that helps you map your own inner genome, your own psyche, which can help you then determine what is the way to find your mission. So that's number one, mission-driven life. It changes everything. I go somewhere. So obviously, sometimes I go, I react to what's going on. But I'm always thinking to myself, how can my mission be fulfilled in this place? And not in a selfish way. Obviously, part of it is being giving and sensitive to others. But it's always part of the driving force when I wake up in the morning. When sometimes I go through some difficulties, a funk, that mission never goes away. It always is that undercurrent that really drives everything in your life. And as I said, sometimes you'll be very progressive and very, uh, um, very, uh, what's the word I want to use? Very um, um, excited and driven to do it. Sometimes you may not be that, that forward thinking, um, proactive is the word I wanted to use. But the mission always remains there. Which leads to the point number two. And that is taking the initiative. Now many people say, I don't know what to do. What do you mean I should take the initiative? Once you have a mission, it becomes a lot easier to take an initiative because you know what it is. In my case, and I'll use myself again as an example, since I came to discover, and in time, it wasn't overnight, came to discover my, my, my talents and skills and my mission, then I took initiative. I found opportunities. I found ways to go ahead and do that writing. I would hang around people who did excellent writing. I incubated. I learned from them. I asked questions. I tested the waters. I got involved and volunteered for different projects. I took the initiative. I didn't wait for anyone to come to me. I initiated. It's much easier to initiate when you have an objective. Because this way someone says, initiate, what should I do? I'll just show up. That's why mission leads to initiative. But what's the power of initiative? And part of initiative means that you become you become a player. You actually become a player in the game, not an observant bystander. And that builds tremendous confidence. Today we live in a world where many of us live vicariously through television, through internet, through other media. We live through other people. And we sit on the couch, couch potato, whatever you want to call it, and we watch others play the game. Initiative means you are playing the game as I often mentioned from the name of my father, was a journalist, that there are three types of people. People who make things happen, initiators. People who watch things happen, and people who ask what happened. And this exactly is what an initiator is, making things happen. It could be on a very small scale, in your home. Why don't you host something once a month? Tell a few friends at work or other places, let's come together once a month. Maybe we'll have someone teach. Maybe we'll read something. We'll do a book club, whatever it may be initiate, invite guests to your table. 
at work. Don't wait. Suggest something. Say a warm, kind word to someone. Don't always respond. Initiate. You cannot believe how much that kind of vitamin, vitamins are released and nutrients that feeds your soul. Because when you initiate, you build confidence. So even though at the beginning you may feel, I can't really do it, but the fact that you led the way means that you're, tra- you're, you're saying to yourself, I'm capable, I'm able. Now, that doesn't mean you have to be an expert in every area. You bring in other people, but you can initiate something and then build a team together. Now, some people are true leaders in the full sense of the word. They can build a big team. Some of us on a small scale. This is not about quantity. It's about quality. It's taking, turning the arrow from instead of me waiting tentatively, shyly, hesitantly, fear, full of fear that something happens, you initiate. You go to an event or a party. You meet somebody new. Say something to them. Ask a question. Share something. Invite them. There are thousands and thousands of ways to initiate once you put yourself in that mindset. So here's my suggestion as we go through all five. Make, a, make five pages and write mission on one, initiate, initiate on two, three, persistence, passion, four, opportunities, and five, destination. And in each one, list things that you can do right now that you can begin going in that direction. That's always a good place to begin. So the second one we covered now was initiative. Let's now go over to the third one, persistence. You have mission and initiative, but if you're not persistent, then you're not going to get anything done. Persistence means that even when there's a hitch, even when you hit a a, a snag, a block, an impediment, you don't give up. You continue. But remember, a good swimmer is not someone that swims against the tide. A good swimmer is someone who knows how to navigate and continues to swim and if the, if the tide is going against them, they allow themselves to float with it. And when the tide is quiet, they thrust forward. So number three is persistence. I'll share a story with you. I was a little child. I was um, 10 years old. It was, I was living in Crown Heights, USA, where uh, I grew up. And where the Rebbe, my mentor, my teacher, as I said, um, lived as well. And I remember it was Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot. Sukkot. We sit in these, in these portable huts that have a covering of evergreen or whatever, bamboos. In this case, it was evergreen. And, and during Sukkot, the custom of the Rebbe was that twice during the holiday, he would, he would fabrang, he would have a gathering and talk in the Sukkah. And this was no matter what happened, rain or shine. Well, that Sukkot happened to rain tremendously, torrential rains. I, a little kid, come to the middle of the fabrang that was already going on, and I'm standing in the back, it's pouring. I remember when you have a thick uh, layer of evergreens, what happens is in the beginning it absorbs. But once it gets saturated, then the water starts coming down in this irregular way, blobs. Very, very uncomfortable. And the Rebbe was completely focused and talking. I didn't even hear what he said. And hundreds and hundreds of people all over were there because he was there. The impression I left to me on a child I cannot even describe. I can't say what I was thinking at the time. I don't really remember, but I remember what I think now when I, re- when I recall that memory. I remember this type of like commitment, this absolute relentless commitment to something he began doing, which is a problem. Because, hey, in the world we have a thing called a rain date. It's raining. Reschedule. There was no need to do it that day when it's raining. Reschedule. Secondly, it wasn't a real meal. So in, in the Chabad, Labavish, they don't even drink water outside of the sukkah. So fine, so don't drink and have a fabrengan inside the synagogue 
where it's comfortable, and you won't drink for the few hours. No. There was no mitzvah to do it. There was no meal being had. But this was the custom that we bring and we get together on sukkahs. And that's what we do. That's the impression left on me, that you start something good, it becomes part and parcel. There's no such thing. Oh, it's a little uncomfortable. I have a cold. It's raining. It's snowing. I don't do it. And it impacted me. When I started giving this Wednesday night class, it goes back to 1982. So we're talking now 37 years. I never stopped the class because this was part of something that became part of who I am. Times you don't feel so good. Sometimes you're traveling. I travel. I try to record it beforehand. I never stopped the class because I learned that persistence, the idea of persistence, is even more important than jamming it all or cramming it all together. And persistence has tremendous impact. We all know the story of Rabbi Akiva with the water drops that he learned from the drops of water that ultimately bore a hole through a stone, that even a stone can be pierced if the water is persistent. The negative part of it is the Chinese water torture, but we're talking on a positive, and, and, he taught, and he learned from that, that if a stone, a perfect hole can be drilled through a stone through a, a drop of water dripping in it year after year after year, how much more so in a soul? Persistence. So when you start something good, never stop. I see so many times good efforts and then people, whatever reason, some type of snag or something happened or they, some reason they stopped and they never usually go back to it. So persistence, something I learned, the relentless pursuit of good things and never stopping. Even when it may seem that nobody's really listening or may seem that you're not succeeding, persistence ultimately pays off. And I can tell you, over 30,000, 40,000 people have come to this class. I don't think I'd be where I am today if I did not persist. And there were times where one or two people came. Today, thousands listen to online. But I continued and persisted. I even remember once, it was Shavuos. It was a holiday of Shavuos. And it was Wednesday night. And um, we prepared a whole holiday meal. And for some reason, I may have forgotten, or I thought everyone knew that it's a holiday. Eight o'clock. The bell rings. It's the middle of the holiday. We just finished the prayer service, almost about to begin the meal. And yes, a group of people have arrived to the class. They weren't aware. So of course I wasn't going to send them away. On the contrary, I invited them in, sat them all at the table, and here I am dressed in my holiday clothing. And they got a meal, a king's feast, and they said, what, what's so special tonight? What's going on? So I said, that you arrived. Yeah, but we were here last week too. And then I slowly shared with them, and that was the class I gave, on Shavuot. Now, I know that may not be the lesson of persistence, but the idea of consistency, pushing it forward. So you take mission, you take initiative, you take persistence. And then we move to opportunities. Opportunities means wherever you go, you're never a victim. It's always an opportunity for you to do something with that situation. Now you can say it's an extension of the mission number one, principle number one. So be it. But this has particular emphasis that whatever you comes your way is an opportunity. Look at business people, people who own businesses. Wherever they go, wherever they meet, they look, is this an opportunity that can help me? Someone I can hire, an idea, etc., etc., that I can use. Opportunities. And even when it's a negative, something negative, and you say, I wish I got it over with it, everything is an opportunity. And that's principle number four. I remember my father had a mini stroke. It was Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the year 1989. Hebrew year, Tav Shinun. He was in the hospital. And the day before Yom Kippur, there's a custom to give 
and ask for sweet honey cake. For a sweet year, like the honey is sweet. The Rebbe summoned me, I was called, and he said, here's a piece of honey cake, give it to your father and tell him he should have a sweet year. My father was in the hospital. And tell your father that when he finishes the mission for which he was sent to the hospital, he'll be released. Okay. I come to the hospital, I give my father the honey cake, I tell him. My mother right away starts running around, talking to people about lighting candles and doing different mitzvahs. My father summons her, calls her back and says, look, look, I'm the one here in the hospital. You're just visiting me. And my father did what he did. After Yom Kippur, the Rebbe's main secretary, his chief of staff, Rabbi Chadakov, came to visit the, my father and said, the Rebbe's asking, did you already finish your mission here? So then you can be released. So it wasn't a joke. But he went to the hospital, not for good reason, he had a stroke. That's the only reason no one goes to hospitals to have fun. But once you're there already, there's always a deeper purpose. Imagine living your life that way. Everything has deeper purpose. There's no such thing I wish it never happened. Of course, there's some things we'd rather not happen, but once they do, there's an opportunity. There's a mission, in the, and, the, and therefore there's an opportunity. What those Kabbalists call spiritual sparks waiting to be released. And they're everywhere. They're in your positive experiences and your negative experiences. And you look always in life with a positive eye because even the negative experience has a positive spark. That's the key. And when, they take that, when you take that attitude, life, you look at life very differently. Can we be perfect? Not necessarily, but we try our best in this direction. So we've covered mission, initiative, persistence, opportunity. That should be your fourth sheet or your fourth column. And write things that happen in your life and write down at the end of the day or in this list that you make, your initial list, certain things that you see, this is an opportunity to pursue, this is an opportunity to grow, this is an opportunity to help another. <clears throat> And finally, the fifth one is destination. I said destiny. There's a destiny to our life. There's a destination. We're going somewhere. So any mission-driven life has an objective, has a goal, has a destination. The destination is the fulfillment and realization of using your faculties, your skills. And I would go, taking the initiative with, pers with uh, persistence, and using everything as an opportunity to reach a particular destination. The destination could be that you are taking all your skills and using it to change the world. And how have you changed that world? It means your life is driven towards something. So the mission is what feeds it. That's why I'm doing it. And I'm doing it toward this and this goal. So just like a company would say, our mission is... Well, Google's mission statement is to organize all the information of the world and make it readily accessible. What's their destination? When they become the number one search engine in the world and maintain that position. It doesn't always have to be competitive that you have to be number one, but the idea is there's a, there's direct, there are objectives and goals. In my situation, using my skills, not just to use and fulfill a mission, but to achieve something. In my case, I'd like to reach a critical mass with this message. So a lot of people. I'd like to reach, use all the platforms possible. I'd like to be able to say that the formula that I was taught has been replicated many times. These are destinations. And the ultimate destination is a world where there'll be a total fusion between matter and spirit and form and function and soul and body, the inner and the outer. That's the ultimate goal, is to power enough people to achieve that, that the world will be a world filled with divine knowledge as the waters cover the sea. 
otherwise known as Mashiach. I especially didn't use that word because it's filled with stereotypes and people distort what it means. But that was the central theme in the Rebbe's words that we're going, we're marching somewhere. Because you imagine if you march toward a destination, that informs and empowers every step of the way toward that destination. Case in point, Vietnam War. The great mighty American USA Army fighting what? A bamboo country, the Vietnam. And yet America could not prevail. And one of the main reasons is because no one knew why they're fighting the war. The soldiers didn't know. They didn't know what the mission was. They didn't know what the destination was. What was victory? So initially it began ideological, the domino effect of trying to curb the, the spreading of communism in, the, the, in that, that far eastern part of the world. Southeastern Asia. But at some point everyone lost sight of the mission and the calling. And America lost, uh, lost any interest and, and desire in fighting this war. You can't win a war, even if you have the greatest armies, if you don't know why you're fighting. If there's no passion and there's no destination. The Vietnamese were fighting for their own lives, for their land. You see this time and again. When you have a destination, you say, then every step is, how is this step leading toward that destination? If you don't have a destination, someone will say, okay, you have a great vehicle, you're a great driver, you're the captain of the ship, where are you going? I don't know. Where's the, where could, how could you have direction and focus if you don't know where you're going? So mission helps dictate and ultimately lead to destination. And that's the final question you have to ask yourself. What is that destination? So there you have five transformative principles, five fundamental foundational principles in life. I learned this from the Rebbe. I'm distilling it here. There's obviously many more, but these are very powerful ones that really have the power to change your life. Now, next step, what do we do with that? Those are very general principles, and I've given you exercises and suggestions how to make your five columns or five lists and begin. And you can always add to those lists. Do them on computer. Make them a more permanent list. And keep adding to the mission-driven elements in your life, the initiatives that you take, the persistence, and record and mark how well you're doing in each one of them, the opportunities Describe the specifics. Everything is in the details. How you turn something into an opportunity. And finally, the destination. Where is it headed? What's the goal? What would be considered your dream? The fulfillment and realization of your dream in that particular area of your life. Now, what's fascinating here, as I said earlier, this will lead to another list. But instead of starting with a list here, the five things I want to do in my life, if it's driven by these five things, by these five principles, it's a whole other story. So what does these five principles drive us? They drive us to teach us now, now you can make a list of things you'd like to accomplish. But they're not just like to accomplish, yes, I'd like to go to um, uh, Fiji. I'd like to um, experience a new type of uh, ice cream. Or things even more significant. I find love in my life. Think of it now how it's driven by these five principles. And then you'll see that this list will become far, far richer, far, far more meaningful, far more Eternal. Yes, eternal. Something that's not just lasting for a day or two. Once you did it, okay, I did it. Something that will have perpetual impact. So let's spell it out. Think of something that you can do right now that helps you fulfill your mission. That should be the first thing, first or one of the things on your top list of things you want to accomplish in your life. Something that has a mission-driven element. 
The truth is everything you do in your life should have a mission driven. But let's start with one or two or three. So let's say in my case, I wrote a book called Toward a Meaningful Life. I've written other books. That was driven by my mission. So my mission of using my writing skills to communicate a message of hope, a message of clarity, a message of helping people find their calling, my, my list was, I want to write a book. Then I want to write another book. I want to write articles. And then you do it. And that would mean something I want to do that will fulfill the purpose of my life and I can say, this is what I want to accomplish in my life. You don't suffice with it, but it's a good beginning. The second thing, in the area of initiative, what would you like to initiate? Find something you really want to do, you really want in your heart. And you've been waiting, either you've been waiting for a miracle, or you've been waiting for someone else to do it, or you've been waiting just to wait, procrastinating. Find something you'd like to initiate. Find something you'd like and then initiate it. And start small. Start in a way that you'll do it. If you end up just being paralyzed and frozen not to do anything because it's too frightening, find something, initiate small things. Remember, small things that you initiate breed bigger things. Start with something small. Come home tonight or whenever it is and and say something nice to your spouse or to your family or at work. Initiate something small. So that's number two, finding things you initiate. Number three, persistence. What's a thing you've done that's good, but you stopped at some point? Maybe renew it. Maybe start something else. But this time when you have a resistance or you have a temptation to to pause or stop, say, no, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to be persistent. So find something that goes on that list. You could do this in the same columns. Something you can do that you know that is a good thing to do and you're going to be persistent. Once a week, you're going to study with someone you care about and love. We're going to read something together. Stick to it. Number four, opportunities. Think of something that has happened in your life today, yesterday, or a while ago that you found to be unpleasant, distasteful. You'd rather not have it. And try to identify an opportunity within it. And that's the next thing on the list to find opportunities in places that others may not see the opportunity or may only see it as a negative thing. Finding light within the dark. And finally, destination. Identify something that you can say, here is my objective, here's where I'd like to reach. I'd like to finish this and this this and this way. I mentioned before about mission that drove me to write a book. The destination is finishing the book, which of course requires persistence. Finishing it, or finishing a project, or finishing a series of projects. And see, what would it look like at the end? What I'd like it to be? Something that would reach a million people. Something that would reach a segment of the population. So destination-driven thinking of thinking of the goal in mind, the end in mind. That's the way I would suggest creating your list and creating a way of being able to take these five foundational principles and turning them into lists. Now, I especially discuss this in a more generic way, generic as non-generic, where the principles are very clear, but generic how to apply them, each of us is different. Not everybody has the same skills. And that's where you need to have assistance and help. And I want to add to all of this equation, it's always good to have a mentor, a friend, an objective party that you trust, that you can discuss this with. Because they can help you discover blind spots and help you overcome different obstacles that may stop you from achieving what you'd like to achieve. So this is a tribute to my great Rebbe, my dear Rebbe, who 25 years ago, this Saturday, this third of Tammuz, soul returned to its maker. 
And though I miss the Rebbe in a very deep way, but more importantly, he empowered me. I do this because of the soul that was ignited by him. I say ignited because we all have our soul. We all have all our faculties. We just may not be aware of it, or we may not be aware of its importance, and we may not have the courage to act on it. So have the courage to act, to sing your song. Discover your mission, your song. It's unique to you. And act on it. There's nothing greater than being able to make your mark in this world by using these five principles. And they go, I go, my, my, M-I-P-O-D, mission, initiative, persistence, opportunity, and destination. You, if you go to MeaningfulLife.com, besides the new webinar that we just released, which is available, and I've heard from people great, great feedback on how it's actually helping people redirect their lives, and most importantly, get to know yourself. It's a tremendous um, questionnaire there. More than a questionnaire, almost like a uh, personal test, personality test that you can take that helps you identify your strengths, your weaknesses, and then exercises how to accentuate the strengths and transform the liabilities into assets. You can also find on MeaningfulLife.com an array of resources that all talk about this one way or another. But as I said, from time to time, it's important to step back and say, what are the central points? What are the principles, the axioms, the, the formula? What is the formula that makes this work? And as those of you familiar with my discussions and classes will know and recognize many of these themes, I use them all the time intermittently. Or intermittent is not the right word. I interject them all the time into the different talks. And those of you that are listening to this for the first time, I hope this is intriguing enough to pursue further. Universal teachings that help us discover who we are from within, to live your life from the inside out instead of from the outside in, to live proactively instead of reactively, mission-driven instead of circumstantial-driven, opportunities instead of difficulties, persistence instead of... um, uh, impermanence. And finally, destination, instead of not having a direction or a goal, where to go. A ship going toward the port, toward a destination. May this 25th anniversary, this 25th yard site, give us all strength to continuously pursue these teachings, which are really in a chain of masters that go back thousands of years, giving us the life skills, universal life skills, that are truly transformative in their power. Everyone be blessed. We're here every Wednesday live, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All these programs are archived. You can access them later. You can download them as a a podcast, iTunes, MP3s, and all different forms and fashions. Please share. Please respond. Give us your comments, your feedback. This is what it's all about, us intersecting as souls to create one greater cosmic symphony where we have the harmony within diversity, the diversity of each one of us with our indispensable missions, all fulfilling what we need to fulfill and at the same time complementing each other to create this large, greater, unified tapestry. Everyone be well and be blessed. Thank you so much.